When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 101 of the Vitterate Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week. Delighted to be joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how's things? Fantastic, Ronan. Thank you very much. Dave McGee, what's the crack? All good, Ronan. All good. Thank you. Jerry Connor, how's things? Yeah, good, um, Ronan. And Connor Lynch, what's up? Uh, all good, Ronan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, all good. So this week, we look back on Friday night's 3 1 win over Bowes. We will hear your shouts from the shed end. We have two cases of Whitehawk to give away from the Bowes game and some more cases for the game against Shells earlier in the month. And we also chat to Rovers women's boss, Steve Feeney. And also we will look ahead to the next game, Friday night's game, away to Derry City at the Brandywell. Right, lads, to look back now at the Bowes game on Friday, Donald, um, I suppose, first of all, so you, you, hope for, you hope for a win, you hope for... For goals, but certainly what we were mostly calling for was was for a performance, and certainly that's what we got on on Friday night. Oh, big time running! It was a fantastic performance from right from the off. I think um, uh, Caelan Barlow nearly set the tone with his his pressing, like everything that you would have wanted, and maybe we didn't necessarily see in the last couple of games, like winning second balls, uh, pressing high up the pitch, uh, Fedders getting closer to Max. Um, just everything. It, I, I nearly a flawless performance, and it was like it was it was it would do the hair good to see it. Um, I just couldn't be happier. Really, yeah. It was just as, as I say. I had concerns prior to the game, like you know, the, and I know I said it last week that that you'd be worried about like what more can John say to the lads uh, trying to get something out of them. But whatever he said, uh, and whatever whatever they did in training this week or the the week leading into the game. It obviously worked because um Jews are like a different side. So they were and that's I suppose they played the way we know they're capable of playing. So, you know, hopefully this is the, the watershed moment for them and we can kick on from here now for the rest of the season, you know. And Connor, what impressed you the most about about Friday night? Well, uh, like we've said it and um well we, we more so than me have said it on the podcast almost every week that they like the talents and the ability is there. We know that. Um, but you know, we were talking about attitude, I think, and um attitude and work rate, which I suppose, you know, you need you need the attitude in order to deliver on the work rate. But as Donald said, like, you know, pressing from the from the front, uh, and also like there were there were it was there was a kind of coherency about the team, like, you know. Um you know, it's it, it, for the first time in weeks there was they they were act, they were playing like a team. And um you know, you consider all the injuries that we that we we still have. It shows the definitely shows the potential of the squad. You know, um, and uh, I just there was there's something that's been on my mind. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get my own um point across on a topic that you were discussing last week in relation to to Russell and, and like you know and and whether John Russell 
is the person for to bring the, the club forward. Like you know, like this this might be a very left field view, but you know, I, I think even if this season, you know, the big the big thing now is to put a couple of decent performers together back to back. It may or may not happen for whatever reason, you know. But I, I think if the worst thing, if the worst came to the worst this season, I I, I still wouldn't get rid of John Russell. I still wouldn't do it because. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the team is turning now. But you know, on the back of, of the win, but obviously they've got a performance in against Derry now. But if if the worst comes to the worst, uh, I'd stay and stick with John Russell because he's going to come good at some stage. And if we get rid of him, you know, um, the Mayo League or whatever they're called, um, they'll somebody like them will snap him up and they'll make him to make John Russell like the, you know, even if they don't have a senior team, he'll be the like the chief. Uh, footballing officer or the chief football development officer for Mayo and uh, eventually he, he'll come good and in five years time or whatever we'll be saying oh remember remember we, he was with us and it didn't work out like I, I've convinced myself that he, he, like he's he, 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 you know echoing the points that have been made in the pod a lot, a lot recently he's making you've got to make mistakes in order to progress and in in like getting rid of him in Saga because he's made mistakes here and now, um, or he's he's learning the ropes. I think is is the wrong thing to do. And I think that he's going to come good, and we need to we need to everyone needs to roll behind him. And if the shit up to the fan against Derry uh, on Friday night, uh, you know I wouldn't uh, you know these the call for the EGNs and all this kind of carry on. You know I think people need to settle down. And um and get on board. That's just something that's been on my, my mind for last, and it, it hasn't been. It's not even. It's not even a reaction, reaction to the win against the uh, Bulls. It's something that has been kind of playing away in my in my head for the last number of for the last three weeks. I think you know since this kind of this topic has become more prevalent online and in conversations and bars, you know. But that's not the populist's um, opinion or attitude, though, is it? Of the modern football fan. Everything has to be, you know, instantaneous. And if it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. The manager, but uh, you I, know. I just, like, I, you know, I, I just feel that 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 idea of getting rid of John Russell, you know, where do you, where do you go then? Like, you know, you you spin the wheel again, like you know, and maybe you get yeah. somebody in who who um who gets a tune out of the players that are here, um, but you know, you look back over the the last ninety years of Saga Rovers, and um, those managers are few and far between, and uh. You know, I, I mean, you're saying, yeah, well, look, at, and, that, and that is, yeah, that is the that reactionary thing is becoming more commonplace, like, you know. Mm. And like, you know, it's it's the same, it's, I feel the same way about the conversation, you know, uh, you know, Shells fans are getting excited because they've got, or maybe some Shells fans are getting excited because of the financial uh, input that's coming from the, you know, the Turkish lad who, who owns Hull. Like, I'd sooner be in the first division, with the community running the club, then um, you know, then have other people come in and take control of Sligo Rovers, and the club becomes more distant from distant from its own community. Like you know, but I think like what you said there, like we kind of, you know, like we have to have, we have to be balanced, and I think we have been balanced over the last few uh, few weeks and episodes and whatnot. Um, like you, I suppose we don't want to come across being 
you know, completely pro one side or the other. We want to give a balanced opinion. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought. I, I would have thought that we would came across probably pro John Russell. And oh, that absolutely. Would have been the yeah. Sorry, that, this, what I'm saying is no, no, no. Reaction to to last no, I know podcast. that. Yeah, the reaction that we got from a lot of fans say off air was like, "What are you going on about? You're talking absolute shite." Mm. Uh, you know, as in, like, what's wrong? Do you really want to get relegated? Do you really want? Do you know? And like, you know, at at some point when you're talking to people, you just nearly uh, you just start agreeing with them because they're not actually listening to what you're trying to say. In that, look, we do need to have patience. We do need to kind of, you know, see it through. And not it's not always going to be you know winning games left, right, and center. It's, football doesn't work like that, and it just takes time. And you know, that's not to say that. It, it will come good. Like, you know, we could get our arses handed to us against Derry next week and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the same people are back on the bandwagon again. Yeah. But I think it's just a thing that's really lacking in football and in society in general that everything is instantaneous. Everything is reactionary. Patience isn't, you know, plentiful anymore. And you just wish people, as you said there, Connor, just, you know, let, let's settle down. You know, let's just settle down and see how things go and play the long game. Don't just throw your toys out of the pram because we lost a few games I know it's not where we want to be but it is where we are still a long way to go you never know what's going to happen in the season and we've got the cup as well and even if we don't we're still Sligo Rovers for being in the Premier Division are always punching well above their weight when you break it down against what likes the likes of Shelburne have every single other club has an owner or someone put money in for them you know we're I, I, I agree with what your sentiments and what you're saying like I'd rather be in the first division then be owned by the, the fucking Turkish version of Simon Cowell, like whatever he's calling him. And the shite that he was coming out with at the press conference there the other day. Like, if you fucking, if you're a fan of Shelburne or if you're a fan of any other League, League of Ireland club and you believe the shit that he's coming out with, you know, I'd be taking it with a large, large pinch of salt. Maybe he will get there, but it's very much uh, playing to, the, play to the, uh, the the crowd, in my opinion. Very soundbite-ish and you know, wishful thinking, maybe. I don't know. I think I think um, I know we're kind of gone off topic on it as well, but I think yeah. the idea of being um, like a feeder club, which I guess it's really what Shelburne have been set up to be, um, and I think that's the trend, like you know, whereby you know you're you know like the the city football group buys all these clubs um, for what well, actually I, I don't really know what they I, I don't there's probably no footballing goal there. Um, it's the more of a club commercial. model, isn't that the yeah, buzz, I mean, buzz term they call it? Yeah, but I, I mean, who who wants to be who wants to be in a multi club model system? <laughs> no, like but a, a lot of people do though. If it brings instantaneous success, but one thing I will guarantee, lads, and I actually I would bet my house on this absolutely. And there is UEFA have already started on this that this this will be banned. This will be there'll be none of this multi club uh, ownership that would. Within the next five years, that will be gone. So where well, does that lead? <laughs> yeah, and if Shelburne are at the bottom of the, the food chain, well, they're going to be the first ones that are going to be kicked out. But it's too late now. The 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 the, the cats out of the bag, like, it started. You can't, it's, how would you roll yeah. back? Well, that's the thing. Like, at some stage or another, I've read reports about it already, that UEFA are, are really working. I was actually Daniel Lambert that was on about it. And uh, the Bose COO, and you know, th- there's work going on in the background to, to to shut this down because it's not within the spirit of the game, or it's not for it's for a profit, like. Um, so 
yeah, it's a commercial. It's a commercial, yeah. It's and purely so, commercial. The, like, the, the, the rug will be pulled from underneath it, and Shelburne and, and other clubs like that will be the first ones that will be, that'll be kicked out. Because the, the, this Turkish guy, what's your what? He's just trying to make as much money as quickly as he possibly can before the whole thing is shut down, and Shelburne is going to be left in a pile of shit again. Say, it, rinse and repeat. Somewhere or another, it's rinse and repeat. Anyway, Ronan, what was that question you asked? <laughs> you started it. <laughs> <laughs> Great attitude. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, you know after the after the the, the the ups and downs and mainly downs over the last number of months, um, and the ultimate low against UCD to show for, for the players to show that there is there's real potential there, and you know it's it's. Uh, I also I also think the fact that um, you know the fact that we played bowls, if we're, you know we can get our we can get it up we can get our our performances up for you know maybe a Shams at home or maybe a Derry at home. I, I was glad to see like bowls are on the way down. Bowls are like a, a there's a falling stone, you know. So it was good to see that we could also we can also raise our game for a team that are not you know world beaters. The divine effect and Jerry. I suppose you could touch on the team selection as well that we, you know, with Greg Bodger coming back and team made it made a huge difference as well. Ah, he did, yeah. Um, look, at the moment, he's probably the first player that you'd have on the team sheet. He just gives us that base and that protection to, to build from. But look, the one thing that I liked about the performance the last night and, you know, was probably, as the lad said, it was depressing. And also what I liked as well is that we were a little bit more direct and we were willing to take risks with the ball. Like we did give up possession quite a bit but on the other side that we won every single second ball um, in the mid- all across the pitch and it was interesting to see uh, Adam McDonald hooked at half time along with Chris Swarek um, so that's two out of the four midfielders that were taken off but um, yeah we were totally dominant and you know it was pleasing to see that we were mixing it up but mixing it up also allowed us the platform to go and score that third goal because we grew into the game more and more and more we were a little bit more direct but we could we, we earned the right to play the football that we did play for the third goal because of that hard work winning that second ball taking chances it wasn't so much side to side or back or front or behind it was very much in the front foot so look that was really really refreshing to see and and you have to put in the hard work. You have to win the second balls in order to play the nice stuff as well. And we got the full package the other night. And David Caelan Barlow getting his first goal. Yeah, delighted for him. Look, Caelan embodies everything about the club. You know, the work rate, the desire, the local lad, street footballer, all those things we like to see. And, and you know, he worked his socks off. Um, as Donald said, he set the tone right from the start. But his pressing. Um, I'm pressed with with the unit. You know, he wasn't just aimlessly running around the place. He was he was pressing within the group, which was really good to see. And took his goal really really well. He got in a little bit bit earlier than that, um, and probably a little bit further wide in the box. And I was kind of screaming, "Do something! Hit it or or dink it or whatever!" Um, but a lovely little bit of interplay for his goal. Um, maybe not caught it as cleanly as he probably would have hoped, but it went in at the far corner off the post, and it was. It was great, straight over to the fours, the lads, uh, who were great all night as well, by the way, um, to celebrate. So, yeah, delighted for Caelan. Um, he led from the led from the front in terms of that press and the aggression, the controlled aggression, which the whole team had more of, um, even well, right at the start. 
he, he was unlucky inside the first 30 seconds to get booked on the right back down the corner. It was very, very harsh, actually. But, yeah, um, much, much better. As, as Jerry said, there was, there was the ability to mix it. You know, you could win every second ball when we went direct, which is fantastic. But then we earned the right to play our football as well. So, yeah, look, for, for Kalen, uh, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. I know he's going to be absolutely killing himself over the silly the silly red card the second booking that got him sent off. But look, he had a he had a fantastic game, I thought, overall. And look, they they as Jerry said as well, they had more possession. We can see they had a bit more possession, especially when without ten men, but that's naturally gonna happen when you're down a man. But I I think we overall we dealt with it quite well. And uh yeah, brilliant. Delighted for Kalen to be to be much more to come from him in the future, I'm sure. And doing the well, he was on the second goal as well. I know that you could say the weather has a an impact on it, but uh, I know this isn't a Bose or intended podcast, but uh, Mr. Talbot wasn't. Uh... Uh-huh. No, it, it, uh, it, he thought it was a bear, so he was trying to catch one and look like all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you know something like, and I know John Russell said it after the game, I, I saw it in his interview, but they are the kind of mistakes and they're the kind of things that have been happening to us all season. And do you know, like, it's one thing to have make making the mistake. But you have to give Max Matters the credit for following in on the cross and and putting his body in the line. Like he, he, I think Tad would clobber him like um, uh, when when he t- uh, knocked the ball in. Like, but like he had to be there to score. Like if he, if Matt if Matt wasn't there, there was no goal. You know what I mean? So so credit to him. You know, it's uh, like just thinking about the game and I was chatting to a few fellas after the game. It was like, who's your man of the match? And you could have made a case for you could have made a case for all of them. Uh, it was uh, every every player gave everything on the pitch. I, and Barrow as well. Like I know Barrow set the tone. I know he got sent off, but like he got a goal and assist, and uh, he was excellent. They're all fantastic. Um, but it was great. It was great to see somebody else make a mistake, and it was great to see us have the. I suppose the, the, that we were all to capitalise on it. Um, you know, so happy days. Yeah, that was great. One thing I was disappointed about. Well, obviously disappointed that the um, kid got a red card. Uh, or the, his decision making there, but that aside, so when we were when we were three up, you know what I re- what I was really looking forward to seeing is right now, now we got to close the game out, you know, eleven on eleven. We got to, which is something that we've struggled to do, like you know, we, so we led against UCD, uh, we absolutely capitulated, failed to um, you know dominate possession, and do the you know not not overly complex but quite simple stuff, maintain possession and just see the game out. I was looking forward to seeing how we'd manage that. And then the red card comes along and that kind of goes out the window. But like, I, th- I think that would have been important as well, like, you know, for, you know, for going forward for the rest of the season to, to say, right, we, we took the lead and then we had the wherewithal and the, the footballing, uh, you know, uh, mentality and ability just to see the, like, just see the game out or like, you know, turn it into like a crap game of football, but just to, you know, kill all the excitement. See but but Connor, like when you when you think about it, Bulger came off, um, John Mahan came off as well, and like in fairness to your man, the 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 big lad they have playing up front, like he's a, he's a handful, like you know, um, but like we we did cope, you know, like he, he scored, he 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 scored, it was he took his goal well, if say the box, but um, like we did cope. I didn't think we were, I didn't at any stage, I didn't feel like Jesus are we going to give away a second goal after that, you know, like so. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat for the whatever was there was there twenty five minutes left. I'm not sure. I can't remember half what time. Hour, yeah, half yeah, hour. Like fuck, 
That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, but we like, like, other than that, like, other than the goal, like, I can't think of any clear cut chance that 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 we give up. I think uh, no, but but Donald, you know, and everybody in the podcast and everybody listening to the podcast knows uh, some of the goals that we've given away out of nothing. Uh, you know, yeah. what what should be a very straightforward situation ends up with a ball in the back of the net, and then you're three, it's it's three two, and you still got fifteen minutes left, and they're chasing one goal. You know, yeah. But but what I, what I'm saying to you is even in spite of like losing John Matten, who was the what's his name Afalabi, is it or Afalabi? Yeah, yeah. Um, like like Matten was relishing that 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 with him, like. But then you had nine more and have to go back into centre half, and like nine got his head and everything. Yeah. You know, like like one smallest fellas in the pitch, and he he won every header, he won all his aerial jewels, like you know, I thought he was brilliant. Their, their goal actually came from our set piece. As in that we had a corner and we took it short. We yeah. lost the ball. Yeah, and we probably then, lost the ball, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was... I thought we looked really comfortable. And it was just like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, we lost the goal from our own corner. That was a bit annoying. Yeah, I think we were trying just, to be a little bit too clever. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't I, remember what I, I can't remember if I was saying at the time whether the short corner was a good idea or not. But uh, I think it actually was. I think I was like, yeah, this is like, we need to kill this game. Like, yeah. I keep it in the corner, yeah. yeah. The only other real chance they had, they got, they played in the, the, the substitute, Okasun. And I'm not that much of a football anorak to know his name. I checked it here in live score. But um, <laughs> he got played in, but McNicholas was off his line, to be fair. Yeah, very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I made a good save and, and cleared the lines. But mm. they hoffed and puffed quite a lot. Um, didn't create an awful amount. And... You could just tell by their body language then that they just didn't really want to know. They, they were kind of defeatist. Even I think I think even before um before Stefan scored that goal, they just looked like they didn't want to know, which was great for us. Yeah. Can we can we talk about that third goal because that was that was a thing of beauty. Like in fairness, you know, like it. I th- I think it came the last possession. It was Will Fitzgerald pressing deep in our half. And Bulger won the ball one two out of the defence, passed the ball to Fitzgerald, went in a great run again. Like when Fitzgerald is on song, like Jesus, he's 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 quality is he's messyish in, in the way he carries the ball and he dribbles, you know, beats players and stuff like that. And then that strike from Stefan, who I hope that gives him confidence to kick on now as well and uh, kind of go on to better things for the rest of the season because again he's another fellow that's quality and he worked really hard in the second half as well. He did a lot of uh, tracking back and a lot of kind of. Dirty work as well, um, but I know did did the, the, the shot take a deflection or not? But Jesus, I mean, like Tad again rooted the spot. Like uh, it was, I couldn't believe took, the ball yeah. in where we were. Like it was, took, took a small nick, like I think. All right, Maybe took a nick. Push. Yeah. I oh, think, had to dip a little bit. Yeah, I think though it's very rare you see a team goal get goal of the month, um, which I don't understand. But if that goal doesn't get goal of the month, there's something seriously wrong. Well, it's it's got the two factors, Jerry. So it should it should get goal of the month. It's got the Team elements. It's got great one touch football. Uh, it's got a little bit of dinky play as well from Fitzgerald, but it's got the thunder bastard from twenty five yards out as well. Like you know, yeah, it's yeah. Got it all. yeah, yeah. So hopefully it does. And it's it was the last day of the month too, wasn't it? So should get yeah. June goal of the month. Hopefully, oh. sometimes the goals at the start of the month um, do nearly get forgotten about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But right. uh, I, I'd be very disappointed now if that didn't get goal of the month. Yeah. Just, just on, on Matt as well and his, his work rate and his attitude. Like uh, during the week in the lead up to the Bulls game, there was uh, there was an article in the the Derry Journal to say that um, you know, it's like Rovers had priced 
30 out of, you know, being able to sign Max, Max Mata, which I thought was interesting because, um, you know, if, if I, and I, and I, you know, at no stage this season have I ever questioned uh, Max Mata's, uh, you know, his, his commitment to the, to the team. Um, but, it, like, it, you know, it, it, it even, it's, 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 it further uh, strengthens his, his commitments in that, you know, he could have, that, he could have seen that as a big opportunity, maybe to make a few more quids, uh, to be playing with a team that are, you know, punched at the right end of the, at the table. He could have thrown the toys out of the pram and said, you know, there's an opportunity for me to to move to a bigger club, more money. But like, there was no evidence of that in the game against Bohemians. And, um, you know, I, 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 I guess, you know, maybe it was never even a question within the club. Um, yeah. But maybe, but like I've only I've only seen that report come from the Derry Journal, so I haven't heard or seen anything about it anywhere else. So that just could be one journalist, you know, I don't know, stoking up something. Fair enough, uh, something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the, there was a lot in that. To be fair, right? Okay. Uh, so, yeah. But look, yeah, that little slice of luck for him as well with Talbot dropping the bars open and him, as you said. You know, the first thing you're told as a striker is follow up on the ball. He gets his goal. Yeah. He hasn't scored for a few. Could turn into a little purple patch for him again, you know. So, look, fingers crossed that is the case moving forward over the next couple of weeks. Great. How the fuck does Talbot get into the Republic of Ireland squad at any level? Because, look, we, we know we were talking about this in the pub afterwards. It's it's ridiculous. Like, um, you know, they, like uh, when McGinty was here, like McGinty was the best keeper in the league uh, when he's playing with us. And never got a call up to an Irish squad. And then you see that, like, no, again, you don't want to be going in on individual fellas, but there's there's no way he's anywhere near the, the, the keeper Ed McGinty is anymore. I remember the last podcast when we were playing Bows, and I think I predicted us to win 2 0. Now, I was completely wrong. I think they've had us 2 0, but I predicted Talbot to get an own goal because I just think he's like, I know McNichols has made a few mistakes this. This season, but like Talbot consistently makes mistakes, and he's consistently rated the top keeper in the the league by obviously uh, Kenny and some journalists and fans. I just don't see it. I just yeah, it's so overrated. It's unbelievable. He didn't want to know either. He was trying to hold bow legs at different stages the other night as well. The whole lot of them just didn't want it. Yeah, it was uh, interesting because like, the, the two centre halves the the last time they played the showgrounds, uh, Novak and whatever the other fellow's uh, name is. Um, they really dominated. They 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 had such a strong presence. But um, the other night they were like, there was balls that was skewing off shins going into Tracy Avenue, and there was you know they were just they were like um, a shadow of themselves from the last time they were here. There was a couple of kids there. Gavin Dykes yeah. would be proud of. And <laughs> 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 well, I, I think as it, well, like we gave him a bit yeah. of helter from the from the stand. He was just. Fresh out of ideas, we 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 know we know that this happens with him and his teams. Yeah, they start off on fire and then the steam runs out, and then he just has nowhere else to go. He always gets yeah. found out. So you could see that big time um, last Friday night. He was just standing with his with his, his chin in his hand, and he didn't know what to be doing. Which look to be fair to him, at least he stays consistent in that element as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The divine, as I said earlier on, it's the divine effect, isn't it? You know, you get. Blood and thunder from the start, and players aren't silly. They kind of find that out over a period of time, and they're just like this fella's talking shit, like, um, and even yeah, talking to a few, but yeah, talking to a few Bulls fans, uh, after the game, they were kind of saying the same 
themselves like they were like start of the season they thought they were going to win the league and they thought he was the messiah and uh, yeah look he as you said there uh, Dave he's got consistency this always happens he's, uh, he's under pressure now he's going to start wearing sandals to the games I reckon that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's his next move just to endear come by yeah just just very quickly um the attendance was what just over two thousand one hundred the other night, but I thought they were brilliant. Fans were really, really loud. Gave it loads in terms of singing. They matched the aggression from the lads on the pitch, you know, right behind them every step, and for for John Russell as well. So look, always our fans are fantastic. But and we were down in down quite a lot of numbers. And um, maybe it's the time of year or people weren't weren't bothering their arses to show up. But given how the last couple of weeks it went, but credit to everybody that was in there. They made a serious amount of fucking noise. And the fours, the lads are on, on top form as well. Yeah. Uh, what was your, sorry, Donald, go on. So, sorry, Connor. The, the, no, it's just like, I suppose, uh, both, the, I suppose both fed into each other. Like, like I think the, the fans could see that the players were up for it and then they got into it, you know, the kind of way. And I certainly think like the fans played their part, certainly in the last half hour, like um, just to keep, uh, to keep the 10 men going on the pitch. Um, but that's important. Like that, that main stand, like, like, you know, it's it's great and it's really refreshing for me to see that. There's one thing I'd always be kind of weary of is the is the the atmosphere sometimes at at matches. But it's great to hear people up and cheering on their side and and giving it away because it's not library. It's a football game, and no more than the players. Every bit of I suppose shit that went on in your life during the week, leave it all, leave leave it all out on on the on the pitch. And anyone that ever sat beside me at a football match knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of, uh, of uh, letting the uh, emotions out. You know what I mean? After the game is over, that's it. You go home and and you're in great form then for the weekend. You know so. Yeah. Everybody, keep just, it up, everybody. Yeah. Just on that, um, I met, um, or I met up with people from three people from Arizona and six people from Brighton, uh, after the game and and the following and just even this evening, and uh, they were like really complimentary in terms of the atmosphere and that and they thought it was a great game of football and a great atmosphere which is nice to hear from people that are you know visiting them so yeah it, it, it'll make you proud like and did it not get annoyed as you just hanging around the tourist office Jerry I thought you were picked out of there yeah I don't know <laughs> just <laughs> you're a magnet Jerry I find a way I find a way <laughs> yeah there's that weirdo again <laughs> in fact they actually closed they attempted to close the tourist office in town at one point, uh, and I'd say I partly was to blame for that. But I uh, got a, re- a reprieve, a reprieve, and a barren order. Just on our on our fans, um, um, I think it's important to um, you know we had our beer scorecast competition, and there was quite a lot of people who um, who uh, backed against Rovers in order to get their their yeah. mitts on uh, a couple of beers. Yeah. I think you know I think it's no harm just to start naming the pricks. Just was short just here. <laughs> Paul yeah, McGuire. Yeah, prick. you're right, Connor. You're right. Paul McGuire, prick. David Walsh. <laughs> prick. Rory Hoonan. Not from Sligo. Prick. <laughs> Sam White. Another prick. <laughs> James Lauder. You know you're a prick. Dylan Cairns. Absolute prick. Oh, Gary yeah. Melly. Prick. There may be more of you out there, but I just thought it was important to, to point some fingers. You got away with it this time, lads, that weren't called out. Next time, might be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for entering the competition. <laughs> <laughs> and continue to do so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
We're just joking. <laughs> beer scorecast time now. We have plenty of beer to give away. David McGee, we have a few winners. Do, do indeed, Ronan. Uh, we have got two for Shelburne. So we have got Darren McMahon and Barb Bukowski. So I'll be touch in touch with you on the socials to get your details to arrange your case of beer. Unsurprisingly, no winners for UCD. Um, nobody got the nobody got the correct two one scoreline uh, across all our socials. Uh, but we do have two winners for the three one win at home to Bowes from last week, and that is Eamon Conboy and Ryan Gillen. So again, lads, congratulations, and I'll be in touch with you via socials to arrange for that case of beer to be sent out to you. And there'll be two more cases for Friday's game away to Derry as well. Exactly, yeah. Two more for that one, and then on to Cork. After the game against Bowes, we asked for your shouts from the shed end. You can get them in on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767, and we can hear those now. Andrew Dodd, my shouts for the shed after that performance against Bohemians. Last week I slated every single player in the club and I slated the manager. And rightly slow I, and rightly so I slated him. He deserved it to be slated because he were absolutely terrible. But this week is nothing but positivity for me. Fair play to you. I'll start off with the manager John Russell. We got the reaction we wanted. Your team selection was perfect, your tactics were perfect, your timing of your substitutions were perfect, and the personnel of the substitutions were perfect. Ten out of ten from John Russell. Caelan Barlow, man of the match for me, even though he got sent off, that's just an experience and that will come in time with Caelan. Caelan set the tone for the whole game, commitment, desire, passion, everything we want in Sly Rovers football team. Caelan Barlow showed that and drove the whole team on for the whole night. The showgrounds was buzzing last night and Sly Rovers players, that's what you get every week, you get support, you get get commitment, you get desire, passion, you get everything from fans if he showed his exact same on the pitch. That's all we ask for as fans is commitment to the badge, passion, desire, hunger. Uh, next up is Derry City lads. More the same, just uh, the same type of performance. Even if we lose the game, who cares? We just want passion, fight, spirit, hunger, commitment. That's all we ask for. Up the rovers. This is Sean from America. What a reaction. And uh, John Russell, he was right. The boys looked like they trained hard because they came out with passion and fire and were exceptional. And, uh, you know, Bose ain't been in the best run of form. Pretty close to ours, actually. But we made them look absolutely below average. And uh, not for the first time this year either. But I thought to a man, Everybody was exceptional. Even the subs uh, played good football. We played the weather right and uh, worked out for us. We got our goals. We absolutely shut them down. And uh, I thought everybody was absolutely incredible. Luke made a, a terrific save or block, whatever. But I thought he was good on the night. Uh, defense was great. And... Um, you know, going forward, we were great. Uh, Kalen Barlow looked really good going forward. And the only drawback in the whole game for me, I guess, I guess there was two. You know, 
Kalen got a little rash, made a, made a couple bad choices, and he got sent off. We're going to lose him for another game. Okay. You know, he's young. It's going to happen. But the, the only other kind of black mark on the whole game for me was the potential injury. You know, we, it looked like uh, Bulger went off. Maybe, hopefully that was preventative. Uh, John went off. He looked like he was struggling a little bit. Hopefully that, again, doesn't affect us. And then, uh, of course, Max, after he scored the goal, looked like uh, he was hurting a little bit. Again, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the weeks to come. Um, hopefully it'll all work out. But other than that, everybody was exceptional. Um, even Stefan, when he came in, he put in a, a massive shift. Took his goal. Excellent. I mean, what can you say? Everybody was great. Uh, manager did a great job. Subs. And uh, set up. And, I mean, no complaints at all. Is uh, exactly what we wanted to see. You know, take, take the win out of it. Take the three points away. The performance is what we as fans have been looking for all season. If we could do that regularly, then we've got a chance, you know, a shot of everything we've been looking for. You know, we got a shot at getting Europe and, and all the other things. But that performance and the passion and the work rate is what we're looking for. Win, lose, or draw. As long as we see that, I think fans are going to be good with it. So hopefully they'll keep that up. And uh, looking forward to the next one. And uh, see how it goes. Up the Rovers. That's your shout from the Shed End. Don't forget you can get them in after Friday night's game in the Brandywell against Derry City. On a WhatsApp voice note to 085 815 9767 or on email to podcast at B-O-R-S-T dot I-E. Right lads, bit of news. Uh, Celtic B come to town on the 11th of July, Jerry. Yeah, it's it's um, it's great to get them over and just see the, I suppose the young stars are at Celtic. And I'd say we'll see one or two probably play for the Republic of Ireland at some stage as well. And uh, Rocco Vata in particular. Uh, he seems to be kind of tearing it up over there and he's made his uh, first team debut uh, for Celtic there recently as well and playing for Ireland 19s and 21s and scoring lots of goals so um, I think he'd nearly be worth the entrance fee alone to go and see him there's a young lad Quinn as well Ben Quinn he seems to be a good player and then can't remember the other lads uh, Lowell uh, Lowell yeah yeah uh, again he's, he seems like a really really good player he scored, I think he scored for the under-21s as well recently. The Irish under-21s. So, yeah, there's lots to see there. Um, and it should be a good occasion. And probably, look, we'd all love him for Celtic first team, but as we all know, it's it's near on impossible to get big, big clubs to come over to the west of Ireland, northwest of Ireland. It's not like what it was one time, but I'd say it'd be a good occasion and there'd be lots of... Uh, I, know, I know the tickets are selling quite well for it already, so and there's... Lots of uh, Celtic supporters of clubs from around the country coming, and it's probably on a good day as well. In that it's the 11th of July, so you have a lot of uh, northern Celtic supporters that will be in the, the area, and I'm sure they're going to take up going to the game for a bit of an appreciation for the fans. We're going to actually have a bar for the, the uh, for for the game, the, the Celtic game. Um, 
in the showgrounds on the Tuesday night. We're also going to have a beer, a bear in the for the Cork game. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe next week or whatever. But um, yes, it's going to be a bear for for that game on Tuesday night, and uh, hopefully there'll be plenty of pints drank as the man says. It should be a good night and a good occasion. It's great to get Celtic in the showgrounds. Um, I know that um, our history, well, Celtic's history is is steeped in in Sligo, and uh, it's great to get a Celtic side back to their. I suppose ancestral home nearly, uh, you could call it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bring them on. Happy days. It should be a great occasion. Yeah, we'll have music as well, and uh, maybe a bit of food and stuff like that. So don't sit there as like a fan appreciation night, and we're just going to carry it into the the Cork City game as well. So we done it there last season. It was really really popular, uh, and White Hagger supporting us in this event as well. So, uh, yeah, come along, support us, enjoy the match night experience. Probably, in my opinion, we don't have enough of it. So this is a great, uh, two great occasions to 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 come along and and have a a drink or two with your friends and in the ground. So it's yeah, it's something different, isn't it? Earlier we caught up with Rovers women's boss Steve Feeney as his side are currently in the mid-season break, following a busy campaign, both in the league and the All Ireland Cup. We first began by asking Steve how has he felt. The season has gone so far. This was in the main way in terms of league position and points, uh, not where we wanted to be, and not the kind of points tally we would have been hoping for. Kind of, um, we felt like we'd uh, assembled a good squad again, a strong squad to compete. Um, and while we feel like we've competed in the majority of games we've played in, um, we we just haven't kind of got the points on the board that we would have liked to. Um, but. There's been a lot of positives too, like, you know, even individually, like some of the players, like some of the younger girls that have come in and really stepped up and some of the girls that have progressed from last year. Um, and even as a team, like I think our performances are have been better as mad as that sounds when you, you think of the points that we had last season and this season. Um, I do think we're we're kind of competing more. Uh, we're physically able to compete with teams better. We're having more of the ball, which is is very pleasing for me because it was something we really kind of pushed. Um but yeah, it's, I suppose it's just kind of trying to turn those positives into uh, points and results now uh, is the plan for the second half of the season. And you touch on the squad there, like it's a very young squad and it's kind of the, it's it's the mix and it's it's the, it's, it's, I suppose the, would it be an adaption period for them in the league as well, you know? Yeah, I think so. Like I think um, like in comparison to last year's squad, like we've, we've lost a few, like, you know, and of the few we lost, like there's probably, you know, maybe three um that would have been kind of very experienced girls in terms of uh the league we're in now and the experience other girls that we have would have, you know. So losing those that kind of experience around the group um definitely has had an, a kind of knock on effect. Um but, you know, we've some some really good young players at the club that are, you know, some of them are, are only playing in their twelfth, thirteenth, fifteenth, eighteenth game, you know, at this level like and some of them are 16, 17, 19, you know, so it's, they're young, like, and they're, they're giving all they can, like, you know, and they're, they're going to make little mistakes here and there, like, and I suppose the biggest learning is that they've realised, or they are realising that they're, they're going to be punished at this level, like, and, and that, that's probably the, the, the biggest and best learning that they can get and that we can get as a staff is that um, if, if we're not fully at it and we're not fully switched on, uh, every team in this league, you know, whether they're top or bottom, will punish you if, if you give them a chance. And it was three players that kind of came in to the club in the in the winter window were 
the likes of Casey Howe and the two lockeries, Jody and and Kerry, you know, they had their players with with great pedigree coming to the club and they've certainly I suppose they made their own impacts on the team so far as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the three girls have, have done really well, you know. Um, you know, like Casey has has done a lot in the game and is still only twenty, like, you know, she's won I think it's four league titles up north, um, and has scored quite a lot of goals up there as well. Like, um so like I suppose in one sense she's still young and still learning the game, um, but at the same time for twenty year olds, uh, she's a lot of experience. Uh Curry and Jody, I suppose then were kind of the the opposite side of that in that they're even younger again. Uh like Jody's still sixteen and Curry's just gone eighteen. Um but would have been playing in the under nineteen league and under seventeen league with Donegal. Um so like they've they've made the big jump kind of into senior football. Um but uh the two of them have done excellent, like you know, and offer us options and in different positions, you know, as well. So um all three have been really good additions, you know, and three young girls who are are very keen to have uh, a long time playing football like and I think anyone that's seen them playing um, they have the attributes to, to to have a good career like and you mentioned Casey there like she played for like Glen Torn and Linfield and yourself you know you played with Ballarat or United and the All-Ireland Cup it's a new competition it was first year of this year for for the women's teams Um, did you see a benefit of that competition for, for, for your squad as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it was it's good to kind of have um a variety of competitions, you know. Um, you know, if it's just always kind of league games, it, it can kind of become a bit monotonous. But um it was nice to kind of have that this year. Um and again, while we didn't do as well as we would like to you know, it was still a great experience getting to play um a couple of teams from the league up the north, like, you know, uh, our group I think was the only group that had two teams in the north, so we were kinda of lucky in that sense and that we got to uh, test ourselves against Sion and against Cliftonville. Um and then obviously balls from our own league were in the in the group as well. Like, but um it was definitely a good experience, you know, and we were away in both of the games against the teams from the Northern League. So um, you know, it was, it was something different for the girls and playing against different players and stuff like that. So it was was really beneficial, like and hopefully it's a competition that they build on and you know, kinda progress it to another level next season. Obviously, yeah, great experience playing against the teams from the North Steve as well. But just to touch on on two of the girls there and also um your international players there, the likes of Emma Doherty now captain um, at her, her age group. You had Jody, I think it is, isn't it, that was captain on hers and an international in, in Casey. How much um how much benefit do you do you try and t- tell the girls to, to to soak up as much as you can when you go away? And do you see them bringing a lot of that experience and kind of leadership qualities back to the squad despite them being so young as well? Yeah, like um like Emma and Jody that you've mentioned and uh, Curry and you know, we've had a few others that have kind of been away as well, like Alice Lilly, Pixie O'Hara, um, and now even Kiva Flynn that's in with us is in with Irish Sixteens as well. Like, you know, so we've a lot of kind of um girls that are, are going away on the, the trips last season and this season. And um in fairness to them all, they're all um they all have the kind of personality that they want to learn as much as they can and they're taking so much um in when they're away with the international team and learning so much and the the girls all all those girls have mentioned like you know would have a have a very good attitude to training and football anyway but you can definitely notice they just have that kind of you know that little bit more in them that they you know they know they need to be at it every day and every training session and every match if they want to stay in international squads or you know even push on and you know I, I'm sure they all have dreams of playing for the senior squad and obviously with the buzz of the women's world cup at the moment you know that's very much I'd say in a lot of their heads about reaching that level at some stage um in their career so. Um. Yeah, we do. We do. We see the. We we definitely do see the girls to come back. Like you know, the, that kind of, I suppose, confidence as well. You know, because 
they've been selected as you know maybe in a squad of twenty or whatever it might be. Um, so they're they're one of the best players at that age group in the in the country. Like, and if if they're not getting confidence from that, uh, you know, I don't know what would give them confidence. Uh, on the leadership, um, definitely. Um, again, the girls all kind of have leadership skills, probably in different ways, and that you know, uh, Jody and Emma might be a bit more vocal than the likes of Curry or Alice. Um, but you know the way to train Curry and Alice, you know, would you know train as hard as anyone and push themselves and be doing all the right things away from training as well. Like so, there's there's definitely leadership in them, and it's it's up to us now to kind of help that develop and, you know, see them blossom in the years to come because, you know, they all are, they're all young girls at the moment. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And as, as Ronan and yourself had touched on a little bit earlier on, uh, such a young squad and we know it's a longer term project because there is so many and, and in terms of recruitment, it is a little bit trickier given our, our location. You know, there's, there's not the, the easy commute with all the Dublin clubs. So yeah. we're doing fantastically well. But in terms of the performances and, and not matching with points on the board, you know, we know the performances are getting better. We've seen that for any of the home games I've been, definitely been very, very unlucky. But in terms of trying to keep that mindset so positive when you're not picking up the results that maybe you felt you should have had given the, the performances that have been there, how do you keep that mindset positive with such a young group as well? Yeah, look, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't tough. Like, you know, um, all of us are people who want to win football matches and that, like, you know, so the girls and the backroom team, like, you know, we're all very disappointed when we when we don't get results or if we don't get a win or you know if we feel we deserve a draw or, or three points like it it definitely does be disappointing like but I suppose the things that we keep trying to remind ourselves of is like this this was something that we knew kind of going into this it was something that had to be built and it was something that was going to take work and you know while yes the girls and myself at times you know you want a kind of quick fix in terms of getting a, a good result or you know getting a few points on the board like we we do have to remember, like, you know, they're, like some of these girls have, have never played senior football and now they're 10 games into it and you can't just expect, you know, them to have their game perfected. And I suppose the same with us as a backroom team, you know, like we're we're new to the league as well, like in terms of like we've a year and a half obviously now under our belt, but, you know, we're still learning. We're still learning about the girls we have. We're still learning about the opposition teams we're playing. And, you know, like I definitely think the league has got stronger even since last season, but it obviously has over the last few years. So, like, I think that I think the girls, you know, just we have to keep telling them like that they're playing at the highest level, but they're competing. You know, I I think it'd be different if yeah. you know we were turning up every Saturday and we were getting played off the pitch, and you know we weren't creating chances and we were you know like getting hammered every week. Like uh, I think the fact that we're competing with teams and you know we're 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 doing well with the ball to a certain extent. You know, we might not be creating as many chances as we wanted or scoring as many goals as we'd like, but we're we're definitely improving in a lot of aspects of the game. So I I suppose. We try and focus on as much positives as we can and obviously try and correct any kind of little errors that we can to, to help the girls. Yeah, it is a steep learning curve, especially at the highest level, as you've mentioned. If you know there is an error or a lack of concentration, you will get punished. Um, but in terms of, of where you are now, the break is coming along, obviously, probably at the wrong time as you started to pick up a few results to, to, to match those performances. But uh, look, no doubt the, the the break is going to be well earned for for yourself and and the girls who've been you know giving you everything all season. Looking forward to the break yourself, and then I suppose looking into the the second half or the latter stages of the season. Um, what do you hope to achieve from it? Yeah, I I think the break is is probably coming in a good time in one way. Like we we seem to in the last couple of weeks have started picking up um, a few more knocks and niggles than than we had been. You know, so I think it just shows you the, the I suppose the length of the season and. 
the intensity and the, the effort and the, the girls put in, like, you know, that their bodies obviously um, are reacting to it. Like, um, but, you know, I think it'll be welcomed in that sense to just give girls a little rest and a little break from it for a few weeks um, before we come back. Um, and I suppose, yeah, for myself and for the backroom team as well, obviously we'll be working on things in the background, but, uh, you know, just, I suppose, mentally and physically not having the two training sessions and not having a match for the next, uh, you know, a few weeks will definitely kind of, give us a bit of, I suppose, a respite and let us kind of focus on other things to make sure we have them in place for when we come back. Um, in terms of the second half of the season, uh, we've eight league games. Um, our targets, or my target, definitely will be to be as competitive, if not more competitive, in each of those games. And we'll definitely be looking to, you know, improve our points, Sally. Um, and if we can do the two of them, you know, we'll, we'll see where that takes us in terms of the league. And then obviously we've the FEI Cup as well, which... Uh, we've been drawn at home to Bonaghy United from Donegal, like who, by all accounts, are as strong a, a intermediate or a junior team um, as you can get. Um, so we've no doubt they're going to pose a big threat for us, and it'll be a tough game in, in the FAI Cup. But obviously, everyone involved with Sligo Rovers supporters, anyone that's ever played for Sligo Rovers, looks forward to the cup game. So that'll be something that we'll be we'll be looking forward to very much as well. Right, lads. Final part of this week's show. We are going to the Brandywell on Friday night, Donald. I suppose it's two games so far against Derry. It was a 1-1 draw up there and on Paddy's Day and then the, the 1-0. The showgrounds, you suppose, we'll be hoping for a, a similar similar enough result on uh, on Friday night. Look, uh, I suppose, Ronan, first and foremost, I just hope that we come back uh, without, any, without any injuries, first and foremost, because... Obviously, what happened with the brandy with last last time was um, it's played a big part and in, in in our season already in a negative way. It's had a really negative impact on our season. Um, look, it's all about performances, I suppose, at the moment. Um, I just hope to see the same kind of intensity, uh, the same <clears throat> the same kind of uh, maybe not the same kind of pressing. Obviously, the, we're going to be playing on a bigger pitch, which I think will suit us. Um, but just I suppose the same. Kind of passionate determination, what, what what we showed on on Saturday night and Friday night rather, and uh, if we can do that, if we can match that, I'm more than confident that we we'll, we we'll leave the brandy with, with with one point and not three. Does a Stefan come in for that game for the game on Friday or? Yeah, I think you probably well was was Kalen been out, um, you'd imagine that he would come in uh, to replace him. But then again, it's, you know, you're kind of waiting on to hear who's fit and who's not fit. And, you know, Frank went off with an issue there at half time. So uh, hopefully he'll be okay and ready to ready to go. I think Kalen's going to be a huge, a massive loss for us because he was so, so good there the last night. He go on an assist. And like the lads were saying, his pressing, his pressing from the front was brilliant. And he was just like, he kind of had a dip in form there over the last few weeks. But he was like, that was his best game, in my opinion, uh, for Rovers. The one thing I say as well though is that like the last game that we played up there, we were brilliant. So, um, very similar to actually how we played against Bowes there on Friday night. You know that intensity, energy, pressing, winning second balls. We were much better than than Derry up there. Um, and had uh, Bogdan Vashtuk taken his chance, I think I would have scored it myself. You know we would have won the game. Uh, it was really disappointing. Um. And in fairness, he hasn't looked back since, has he? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buggy. 
he's a he's a club legend. I <laughs> caught her Jerry have been kind of in uh, in different form themselves this season as well. Yeah, they've won winning the last five, two in the last six against uh, UCD and Cork. So it gives you um should say a little bit of confidence, I guess, wouldn't it? You know, um, I guess you know from our last. Good performance up at the Brandywell. We had uh, we had Hartman who was kind of ripping it up. He was mm. he was on song, and we obviously won't have him either. But um, yeah, look at I mean, um, I don't know if you, you wouldn't know. I mean, bit of a bit of a bounce in her step, and um, and uh, yeah, you just you wouldn't know. I mean, really looking forward to this game now again, and uh, I just hope, as Dono said, that uh, the pitch is kind to us. You know, or to, to our knees and to our lower limbs. Dude. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, yeah. Um, can't come quick enough after last week. I don't think anybody's getting carried away. We're just entitled to enjoy the little success that came after a horrible few weeks for us and we're and we're enjoying enjoying the afterglow of, of Bohemians last Friday night. But no, I'm quietly confident going into... Um, Going into Friday night, one one win in seven. I'm just looking at there, um, Connor, and even the, the the home win against Cork. Both goals were scored in injury time, so yeah, very very indifferent form there. So I'm yeah, as I said, quietly confident. Looking forward to the game, and I definitely think we can get something out of it. They also have Adam, uh, Adam O'Reilly also suspended as well for them having been sent off last weekend. That's right, yeah, and they also have the European tie the following week. So hopefully, um, they'll it'll be more reason for them to. Have their eye off the ball. I suppose the thing about them with the European football, though, unlike us, with them having a sugar daddy, is like I suppose the pressure for them to get a result in Europe isn't quite as intense as what it would have been for us. I suppose you know, uh, but I'm sure they'll want to perform well in Europe too. Yeah. Yeah. I well, prefer it's... to be get. I prefer to be getting them after the European game rather than yeah, before. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Because they're tra- they're traveling as well. I think they're. Yeah, they're away. Yeah, they're away to the Pharaohs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not an easy uh place to get to, I'm sure. No, but but like if look at if I, I know if we should only look at one game at a time, but like a lot of these European games are coming up now. So like obviously we dropped points during this period last season and uh you know, if we can get our act together and I suppose use um <laughs> use Last Friday night's performance is a building block for for the second half of the season or for the was the remainder of the season. Um, you know, like put a couple of results uh, together and like we're well up the table again. So you know, one step at a time. But like, let's hopefully leave the brandy with something anyway. But they're only twelve points off. Very steady at the moment. Mm. You know, so it's not it's not insurmountable. Like like I know it, it, it's 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 I suppose it's. I suppose maybe foolish of me to be talking about fourth place after our recent run of form, but like it's not it's not unachievable. But we just need to, I suppose, just keep focusing the next game, the next game, the next game. Take a game by game, and uh, I think over the next month you'd be surprised. It, it'll tell a tale where we are in the table. But um, certainly, as I say, just try leave the brandy with something. And I'm confident that we can do that. It kind of reminds me of that famous line from the film uh, Dumb and Dumber. So you think we've got a chance? <laughs> <laughs> you say we've got a chance? 
more like one in a billion. <laughs> <laughs> so we are getting carried away. Love it, though. Yeah. Fucking love it. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, boys. <laughs> the beauty is in the struggle. Yeah. In the gutter, but I'm looking at the stairs, huh? <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Derry won't get a result against us on Friday. And if they don't qualify for Europe, Higgins is out the gap by the end of the month. My hot take. If they don't qualify for like group stages? Don't quali- no, no, if they don't qualify for the next round. All right, okay. All right, yeah. He's, gonna... yeah. he's gone. I don't think they'll get anything from us on Friday, but I think he's going to be gone by the end of the month. That's a hot take. Yeah. That's Dave's hot take, yeah. Yeah. Get the vine back in, is it? <laughs> might win the league over the next three months, and then the rest of the years will fall out again after Christmas. <laughs> Relegate it next year. Yeah. <laughs> David's hopeful. Oh. What do you think? Three one Rovers. <laughs> no, that's just your standard now, is it? Well, it worked the last time, so <laughs> do it again. Why yeah. change a uh, habit? Well, in fairness, I've had about six cans of uh, white hag for my loyalty to the cause. You know what I mean? So. Let's let's have it. Yeah, three one. <laughs> Jerry, it's hard to know. Like I'm not dreading. I'm not dreading any game really, to be honest. And kind of just really hope for the same kind of performance that we had, as I said, up there earlier on in the season, and and again follow up the the Bose performance. For me, I'd be fairly happy with that. Um, and if we get something out of it, yeah, brilliant. Um, I. I not really seeing us getting beaten, to be fair. So I'll probably go for, I'll take it, maybe go for two one to Rovers. Is there any? Is there anybody we're not playing because of the surface? Mm, good question. Bulger, we, we know. Yeah, you have to play Bulger if he's fit. You have to play Bulger. Yeah, I, I think I think our numbers are that low. We don't really have no choice. that option. No. Yeah. yeah. So play everyone. Had had we had we everyone like what the. Last week's team notes wasn't it? It was like there's nine players out. Um, Gary Buckley's not even allowed to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> he to listen to it on the radio, yeah. yeah. Or you'd be sitting in the stands, you know, with those glasses, you know, like with the ugly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to get him a pair of them. I think they're fairly cheap on uh, eBay or something like that. Yeah. You're going to go up there and bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we could be playing ourselves, yes. If you give your own prediction, Connor. Uh, uh, I'd love a 1 0, but we'll concede a goal. So <laughs> we'll have to go 2 1. <laughs> That's the glasses, yeah. <laughs> Something like these, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I lend it to you, Gary. <laughs> uh, the audio listener won't really understand what's going on. I think but... you're probably better off. I've got a photograph. I've got a photograph. Of it. Very good. Good. I think it'll be two one as my actual prediction. I don't think they'll get anything out of it, but I'm gonna go two one just to just to throw that in as an actual scoreline. First back to back wins of the season. What about I'm you, Ronan? I'm gonna say the old Archbishop Desmond two two. Two two. Later there before the twelfth. 
That's it. Exactly. Martian season. Thank you, Donald. Cheers, Ronan. Cheers, lads. Thank you, David. Cheers, Ronan. Cheers, lads. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, lads. And thank you, Connor. Thanks, lads. And thanks to you all. And I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley.